Hey guys, in today's episode, I am joined by Renee, aka at Base Drop Princess, as she's more popularly known on social media. Renee is a veteran raver, social media influencer, and host of the EDM podcast Best Candy Ever. She's also a huge dubstep and rhythm head and candy kid, so I know you guys are going to love her. So, with all that being said, let's get into today's episode. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I'm your host, Emma Capotis. Happy Wednesday, everybody. How's everybody feeling? How are you guys doing? I hope everyone is having a great December so far. I am feeling much better than last week. Let me start off by saying that. I'm getting into the holiday holiday spirit. I'm feeling good. I don't know if it's like the holiday decor around my house or what, but I just feel like I'm very much happy and looking forward to the holidays and baking cookies and having some time off of work because I haven't taken a break in a very long time. So I'm excited that you guys are here. Welcome to the podcast. First off, I want to say a huge thank you for the support on last week's episode, um, mental health in the EDM industry. It was one of one of, if not the most important episodes I've ever done. Um, I think the topic was very relevant to what's happening right now and I think it's something we need to continue talking about and bringing awareness to so if you haven't listened to that please go back and listen Um, it's a really important message so thank you guys so much for the support on that your messages that you have sent me have been amazing and astounding and I know people are going through it so I hope that it was helpful in any way possible So thank you guys. Today's episode is a lot lighter. It's exciting. Um, I have an interview with my girl Renee, aka at Bass Drop Princess, who I'll introduce in a little bit. But before we jump into things, you guys, I just wanted to share a quick reminder. You guys can always follow along with us on social media at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis. And I mentioned this last week, the full episodes are on the official YouTube channel now. So if you guys aren't already subscribed Go ahead and subscribe to Rave Culture Cast on YouTube for weekly highlights, full episodes, and bonus clips that I do with all of the guests that are not aired in the podcast. They are only on the YouTube channel. So that's all very exciting. Next up, I just want to do one big shout out for our listener of the week segment this week, which if any of you guys are new here every week, I like to highlight one of our listeners and they are based on submissions or nominations that you guys send in. So I am as per usual, completely out of nomination. So I'm debating whether or not to cut the segment. I really don't want to because like it's really exciting to talk about you guys and highlight people, but I'm always running out of nominations. So if you guys don't send any in, I just have to pick some off the top of my head. But if you have anybody in mind, please email raveculturecast at gmail.com with your listener of the week nominations. But for now, because the holidays are coming up and I know this is a crazy time for shopping and holiday shopping and gifts and all of that. I just wanted to do a one big shout out to all of the rave and festival brands right now who are hustling, putting out orders, like getting everything out to you guys. I, I'm sure they're slammed right now with the holiday season and especially with Black Friday and Cyber Monday that just passed. I can't even imagine like keeping up with all of those, those orders. And a lot of these people are like a one man or one woman show or they have very little support and they're doing everything by themselves, like making the products, packaging them, handing, handling the finances and payments and things like that. So huge shout out to all of you guys. 
I love and support you and your work does not go unrecognized. We see you and yeah, I hope they all are very successful this holiday season. And one thing I wanted to mention that I forgot, I am currently doing 25 days of giveaways on my Instagram page. So every single day from now until Christmas Day, I am partnering with a different brand in the EDM and festival community different small brands, and we're doing all kinds of giveaways, items from their shops, gift cards, all fun surprises coming up. So you can enter for a chance to win every single day. And yeah, I just wanted to give back to you guys this holiday season and support these smaller brands. So that's really exciting. So you can follow me at Emma Capotis and tune in every day at noon. I post a new giveaway. So you have 24 hours to enter before the giveaway ends and a random winner is selected. So that's going on if you guys are interested at all. All right, I think that's everything for me. I want to jump into this interview with Renee. Like I mentioned, she, well, I became familiar with her just through seeing her face a lot on social media, to be honest with you guys. Like I had seen some videos she has done, some TikToks. I also became familiar with her face through Rolita Couture because she modeled for one of the collections that they dropped. So I've just seen her around. And then I heard about her podcast that she started this year called Best Candy Ever, and it's a really, really cool podcast for the EDM community. Um, it's they She talks about candy, of course, but she interviews other ravers. And she's just like well-versed in this community. We're the same age. We had so much in common, we found out today. So I just really like to pick people that I get like a good gut feeling about. And I feel like you guys will like as well. And she is so heavily involved in the EDM community. She's also a major dubstep and rhythm head so we talk about that a lot today and again we talk about we swap candy stories because that's what her podcast is all about so we talk about some of our favorite memories swapping candy perlers all of that fun stuff um just good vibes all around and her podcast is amazing so definitely check it out if you need more content to binge but yeah i think that's pretty much everything i want to just let renee chat and you guys can get to know her better um, you can follow along with her at Base Drop Princess on Instagram. And again, follow Best Candy Ever. She has uh, episodes up on YouTube if you want to watch them. But with all of that being said, please join me in welcoming Renee to the podcast. I just wanted to say first off the bat, it's really exciting to finally meet you because I know like I meet people I online and have like conversations and like obviously through your podcast, but I just feel like you have such a great energy and I think you just turned 30. I'm turning 30 next year. So we're similar age. I was about to say you're like <laughs> one of the only older podcasts or not podcasters, but like, like people in the rave scene that mm-hmm. I know of. There's only a couple of older ones that I know of or that are like even around the same age group. Everyone's like 22 or 19. Yep. And I'm like, oh my God, do I belong here still? No, you a hundred percent. No, I think there's like the whole generation that's like our age and everything, but no. So I just appreciated that. And then, yeah, I've been loving your podcast. So I'm just excited to like actually get to know you better and share your story. And of course, like talk about candy and like all kinds of fun stuff about this year, but to kick things off, um, what we know about you, you're a veteran raver, obviously social media influencer, you host the best candy podcast. And obviously given your attire, big dubstep and rhythm fan as well, which I want to talk about <laughs> today, but yeah. Um, could you just let us know where you're from, what you do and then, yeah. What are you passionate about just in life in general? Absolutely. Um, Currently, I live in uh, Las Vegas. I've been living here since 2004. So I actually used to live in California. Um, Used to live uh, in Hayward near San Jose, like Bay Area for a couple years. But before that, I used to live in San Bernardino. Some of the things that I'm definitely passionate about would be 
um, podcasting for sure. I actually listen to a ton of podcasts and it's actually because of um, COVID, believe it or not, I really got into comedy. So a lot of the podcasts I've been watching are fellow um, podcasters, but they're actually comedians. So um, Tim Dillon, Theo Vaughn, uh, Bobby Lee. Um, so definitely a lot of uh, comedy and podcasts. And I think that's what really inspired me to create my own, just because mm-hmm. it's a great place where people can connect. And I feel like you really get to know a person when you have a conversation with them. And mm-hmm. it, it gives you more, um, I feel like it really gives you more perspective and gives you an in-depth look into what they're really all about. And I really want people to um, get to know me because I feel like Mm-hmm. pictures and videos and stories aren't really enough for you to um, really understand a person. So um, yeah, for sure, those are some of the things that I just really love. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, I was going to say, I feel like a lot of people, I don't know if it always happens, but we have a lot of ravers obviously coming out of California. And then I feel like Vegas is a, another hot spot for ravers in particular, which I definitely need to get out there again soon, but I, you read my mind when you just said that, cause I think there's something about either podcasting or just video content where Instagram is one thing, but you can't get to know somebody's personality. Like you just see flat images of them. And like, maybe you hear them speak if you're lucky enough to like even hear their voice. But I think that was a great thing for you to start because to your point, like now people can actually get to know you on a more in-depth level and you have another way of connecting with people. So I think that's awesome. I don't know if you said it. What do you do full-time? What's your full-time job? Um, So full-time, I'm actually a nurse. Uh, I've been a nurse for about, it'll be five years next year. So it's been, it's been wild. It's been wild this year, but I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just been crazy trying to even learn how to create a podcast, learn how to, uh, you know, manage my YouTube like on the side when I'm off, like putting all that time and energy um, on the days that I have been off have really helped me um, go through all the craziness, um, all the worry, all the anxiety. So I think that um, besides like all the bad things going on, uh, the podcast is definitely one of the good things that uh, came out of it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just going to ask you like what, because it's something that is like a passion project for you, but like what drives you to create all this content? Cause a lot of the times people who are doing this are just doing it like on the side, just for fun. You know, for me, it gave, it kind of reignited that fire. Um, cause mm-hmm. I feel like when you, when a lot of brave girls, quote unquote, or influencers, mm-hmm. whatever the hell start like realize that they want to create a following, make it a priority. There's like that spark, there's that, um, that drive. And for me, I feel like I personally kind of lost that. Um, I wasn't as motivated as passionate. I didn't feel like, I don't feel like these pictures or, um, the way I look, I don't feel like that's what defines me. I think that there's so much more to me and I wish that I could share that with people. And, um, after, like watching all these podcasts, um, watching a lot of yours, a lot of vibe with AIDS. Um, also after being on, um, the Festi files with Desmond, like that just completely inspired me, blew my mind. And I was like, you know what, there is way more to, um, being an influencer. I hate, I freaking hate that word. No, I know. I feel you. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like there's just so much more, um, to that because we're people and we're human. And, um, I just want to show people, um, like who I really am. And, um, I don't think that like this little square with 
you know, mm-hmm. 140 characters or whatever the hell can um, really do that. So I think that's what really yeah. motivated me and inspired me. I love that. No, and you, you named some of like the big podcasts too. Cause I think, I mean, obviously podcasting isn't like a new thing. I'm just going to jump right, right in and skip around. So sorry yeah. if I hop all over the place, but um, it's not a new thing or anything like that. But I think maybe just like for this community in particular too, because we don't have events or festivals, it's kind of like the perfect timing as well, because we like all are craving the need to like talk about it and find our community because we can't be there in person. So is, is podcasting something you were thinking of before quarantine or you said you really just had the time this year to do it? You know what, since I discovered um, my love for comedy and podcasts and after watching so many podcasts and starting to feel like I knew these comedians through their podcasts, mm-hmm. it really, um, for me, I think that the it's a different type of connection versus like being a fan of an influencer, like on a certain platform, when you watch a podcast, it's almost like you're in the room with them. Like with Mm -hmm. you're in the conversation, I feel like I'm literally there. And it, in a sense, you kind of get to know that person and it feels like they're your friend. And for me, that's what I really love. Cause I watch, um, for example, uh, the, uh, Theo Vaughn or Bobby Lee, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I feel like I know them even though they don't know who the hell I am. And that connection yeah. is just so strong. And that's what keeps me coming back for more each week. I'm literally on my phone constantly looking for new episodes or seeing if they released a new one. And yep. it's just the, the energy and just having that feeling of being social again during a time where you can't be, I think it's mm-hmm. just so beautiful. And, um, I think that's really inspired me because I think that ravers most definitely need that now since we're not able to go raving, be social, trade candy, um, mm-hmm. things like that. So I think that's what really kind of, um, you know, ignited the flame. That's awesome. How do you feel about filtering yourself? Cause you like just made a great point. There is something like super intimate about podcasting. That's different than social media. And then also different. I feel like from YouTube, like, I don't know, for me listening to podcasters, I do feel like they don't have a filter or I do feel like they kind of will go there in a sense with their content. I don't know if maybe because they're just in a room recording by themselves. So they kind of just say anything, forgetting that, you know, thousands of people (laughs) listen to them. But how do you feel about having a podcast and like filtering yourself? Obviously you have a full-time job too that you have to be careful about, I'm sure. Right. Um, You know, it's so funny because when I first started Best Candy Ever, I was like, you know what? This is going to be a place of um, love and fun. This isn't going to be a place where we talk about what's going on in the world. I want this to be a place where we can all connect and mm-hmm. just tune in to tune out out of everything that's going on. Because a lot of us just want to forget because all we see on the news is um, COVID, increasing death rates, increasing numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with the election that just happened, and, you know, with um, uh, BLM, I mean, obviously it's very important, but all of that combined, it just takes a toll on your mental health. And I just wanted to create something where um, you can forget about that, just decompress and relax. But I ended up recording an episode of, of what was supposed to be the ninth episode of Best Candy Ever last week. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but acknowledge and talk about some of the things that were going on. And I realized that you can't filter everything. And Mm -hmm. for me, that's why I like a lot of different, um, a lot of these comedians because they keep it 100, like they're real and they don't, 
um, filter anything out. And I think that's what makes me connect with them because I know that they're being their most genuine and authentic self. So I do feel like there's certain things that I can't say necessarily due to, you know, my personal life, whatever. Right. But in terms of filtering out, um, like how I feel on certain things or Mm -hmm. um, opinions and perspectives, I think that it's, it's almost necessary to talk about it. Um, and I don't think that you should have to, um, like not mention it because you're scared of what your followers are going to think or because they disagree with you. Um, because in the end, if people like you, they like you. And, um, you know, now that I'm older, um, 30, um, I realize that you can't please everyone. And I think that's what makes me happy in the end, because I realized that, um, that you, you don't have to please everyone and that's Mm -hmm. okay. Yep. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. And I think, like to your point, people are already tuning in. If they're tuning in, they know what they're going to get with you. And like, I think people appreciate seeing like a well-rounded person who's like going to be authentic to themselves, but I want to get more into your content, but first off, I want to back it up a little bit. Cause I want to know your sure. rave story and your raver journey, because I love doing this. Cause I get to connect with other people who are like just as passionate about the EDM community, which clearly you are. So can you tell me your whole like raver story. Like when did you first start going to raves and music festivals? What got you into it? Oh my freaking gosh. So, (laughs) um, it was actually 2011. Um, my best friend was like, Hey Renee, there's this thing called EDC coming. Uh, do you want to go? And I was like, what's that? (laughs) So I Googled EDC and, um, at the time they were still doing, they were, they had EDC, um, in the Coliseum in LA and they decided to come move it to Vegas for the first time because, um, I think like some 14 year, 14 year old girl overdosed or whatever. So they made it like 18 and up. And I just remember watching the trailer online and it was like, it was at the Coliseum. And I think it was like dad alive that was playing. You see the crowd and all these inflatable balls and everyone's like having fun and you see like some carnival rides and it was nowhere near um, to the extent of what it is now. But I remember Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, this is cool. It's like a, a a fair, like an adult fair. (laughs) This is awesome. And so I literally took out everything that was in my savings at the time. I think tickets were for three day um, for the three-day card. It wasn't even a wristband. It was a three-day oh card. My God. It was three, like $358. And I remember just buying both of our tickets and requesting the days off and we were able to go and just going there. It was, it was, it was mind-blowing because it was like this electronic right. wonderland. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, like Disneyland, but for adults. And mm-hmm. it was so insane because there was no way that we could discover all of it within like a whole weekend. Mm -hmm. But what really got me hooked was that it was this like adult utopia where no one gave a shit what you look like. Everyone is super friendly. And the fact that everyone was like super nice and there was like all this camaraderie around, it was just, it it was just addicting because it was a, it was basically like a, a hint of what the real world could look, could look like, even if it was only for three days. And that plus the music on top of it, like done, like right. ever since then. <laughs> um, yeah, we've been going every year and this year would have been, um, our 10th EDC. So, wow. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 
I know. So I was like, Oh my God, but we both um, still have our VIP tickets for next year. I was like, no, we, we have to 100%. go. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. So that year must've been like tutus and fluffies and like, I can't even imagine the outfits. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to send you what we wore because we had no idea what oh, a ray was. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, I like wore leggings and a tank top and I was like, oh my God. Right. Um, I, I felt like I looked slutty and like when we went there, she was like, no, you're a nun compared to these girls. And I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like no mm -hmm. one cares. And um, so funny. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll show you some photos. It, it was like, okay, you know, you clearly didn't know what a rave was, but that's okay. That's amazing. But everybody starts from somewhere. And I like love to have this conversation because obviously when you've been doing it so long, you genuinely forget like what you wore to the first few festivals. And especially now with like social media and like festival fashion within the last three years has completely popped off. And there's a million small businesses now like making these incredible outfits. But I feel like the bar is set so high that people think that they have to show up like that or look like that. And it's like, absolutely not. You show up in whatever you're comfortable with, especially if it's your first event, like do not try and like shoot for the stars. Cause it's not necessary at all. Yeah. So that's the other thing too. Like, um, back, back then, like nine years ago, whatever, yeah. it wasn't even like a fashion show. It was more like, look your best, wear whatever the hell you want, wear glitter, mm -hmm. um, you know, like tutus, fluffies, like you said, but now like, I don't want people to think that it's this fashion show because I mean, yes, of course, like, you know, girls it's look great. Fun, guys look great. Yeah. yeah. But that's not what it's about. And if you don't have like, you know, the top rave brands to wear, that's okay. Just mm -hmm. wear, go in a t-shirt and shorts if you have to, um, I remember this girl, like for CDC, she, she, she was like wearing a sundress and she was talking Aww. to my friend and I, and she was like, I had no idea. And I had some candy, which I had gotten from a stranger. Cause I didn't know what candy was. It was my first <laughs> brave. So I gave it to her and she was like, thank you. Now I feel like I belong now, but in Aww. reality, it's like, we all belong there. No one that like, you know, rave where it, it's just evolved so much, but it doesn't define what the rave is by any means it's just an evolving part of the culture for sure and at that time were you into dance music or did that like send you spiraling into dance music like what were you feeling it set me spiraling and <laughs> um, I just remember seeing a bass nectar there for the first time and ever since mm -hmm. then I have been a fan but also discovering um, like a lot of different like bass heavy music especially excision because I think I saw excision for the first time in 2012 oh, wow. um, okay. or 2013 when he he did the executioner tour here in Vegas and it okay. at the time his slogan was um like 120,000 watts of bass and he was on tour with like <laughs> super old school artists like Vasky, Paper Diamond and he didn't even have that massive massive stage that he has now it was like a lot mm -hmm. smaller like a spaceship and then over time like I just kept seeing his name more he got a lot bigger he started linking mm -hmm. up that sick um and it's so insane because now he's like this festival thrower slash right. record label slash uh you know one of the like the not pioneers of dubstep but definitely a big influence mm -hmm. for sure. so it's just like the way that everything has in has evolved is just so insane 
Jeez. Yeah. Especially when you say like that, it actually is unreal to see. Cause obviously some people can have extremely long careers in this, but what he did and what he's still doing, especially with subsidia now is absolutely insane. But I love that. Were you emo in high school or were you a punk kid at all? <laughs> no, I was actually, um, a metal head. So I did not uh, really okay. emo or punk, but I had a ton of friends who listened to it for sure. And, um, I think I, uh, I just made like this TikTok video uh, video on it recently because I feel like a lot of us that listen to anything with a guitar in high school just like gravitate towards EDM and then mm-hmm. a lot of like a lot of us that listen to a lot um heavier genres like um like metal, hardcore, I feel like we definitely have found our way to dubstep and a lot of dubstep artists are metal heads or they listen to a lot right. of emo, screamo, um, you know, Sullivan King, Seven Lines, um, a lot mm-hmm. of them are, uh, have that influence. And I think that's just so great because we kind of all found ourselves here together. Yeah, no, I love it. I think it's so funny. I, I did a video on like the influences, but even those artists you just named, like pretty much a lot of them are around our age, if not like a little bit older too. So yeah, like some of them actually were in bands and then obviously are DJs now. So it, it's like very heavily influenced in that. But can you talk a little bit about your favorite dubstep and rhythm art artists? Like who are you loving now? Who are you a big fan of? Uh, number one is Scudda. Uh, only because my boyfriend, Justin, he's he's in the dubstep <laughs> with Scudda and I absolutely love them. And I think they're so freaking talented. Um, but I absolutely love, um, like you, Seven Lions. I think that he is just, uh, he just orchestrates this beautiful, all these beautiful songs that can be like heavy, but trancey, but like dreamlike, mm-hmm. but it, but it's like still dubstep. It, it's just yep. that beautiful sound. Um, Seven Lions for sure. Um, Excision, of course, just because he oh god like when you hear excision you know it's him like there's that that defining heaviness and um he just makes some freaking bangers um he's just uh, so talented and I would have to say um for sure like lately um like sudden death subtronics they have just been popping off like the last um few years so those are definitely some of my favorite ones and they're, they all sound so different. That's the thing. It's like all dubstep, right. but they all sound uniquely different. And it's, it, God, it's just so great. That's why I love it so much. No, it is. And it's like for sure having its moment. Cause I, I, kind, I know like genres can kind of come and go and be popular, but obviously like bass music, I think is just like on the up in the United States and even techno, I would say like, obviously with Iowa's passing, which was absolutely horrible. He was kind of like reviving this whole new, like acid rave kind of techno sound, but bass in itself I don't know yeah like bass in itself I don't know I think like the melodic stuff has been super popular too because like seven lines yeah like I like that in one set I can get a little bit of everything and it's gonna be a mix like I personally enjoy that but at the same time rhythm is really fun I that's one genre I need to get into a little bit more I'm not like that well versed in it but I need to see some rhythm shows when shows come back (laughs) Oh yeah. You're, you're, you're going to, if you love dubstep in general, you're going to love it just because it's so like, like bouncy and dirty. It's not like that Skrillex or Zomboy sound for sure. Mm-hmm. It's not as, um, God, it's so hard to describe, but it's not as yeah like poppy, I guess. Cause I feel like yep. Skrillex is kind of like the poster boy for dubstep and he's like, kind of has like that poppy sound, but mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're going to love, um, 
yeah, for sure. If you go to like a rhythm show or rhythm set, it's just going to be so fun. And um, I feel like everyone's really friendly too. And they just like bounce and kind of headbang with you. And it's just so great. No, no, I can't wait. Have you done any um, drive-in raves? Cause it's been like all bass artists for the most part. You know what? I haven't before I was kind of like, not against it, but I was like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. But now, mm-hmm. now we're like eight months into this shit. And I'm like, you know what? I want to go to one. I used to care a lot. Now I don't care because there hasn't been, at least to my knowledge, of like a huge outbreak coming from a drive-in rave. I've heard a lot of outbreaks coming from weddings, um, all these like different super spreader parties, yeah, Yeah. homecomings, dances, things like that. But I haven't heard anything come from a drive-in rave. And from what I've heard, not a lot of people social distance, but at the same time, a lot of people do. And it's, if this is how it has to be for a year, a year or two, then so be Mm -hmm. it because we need live music. People need something to look forward to. And for sure, um, it's, it's something that I definitely want to go to. If there's one here in Vegas and yes, I'll totally go. I love it. I, I completely agree with you. I went through the exact same like roller coaster of emotions and feelings about them, but I, there's something about it too, that it's like, do I think they'll continue when real events come back? probably not. So it's also something to be like, look back on 2020 and be like, I went to one of like the few drive-in raves that have ever happened or might ever happen to. Yeah. Like in history. I think that's, yeah. that's pretty cool too. Cause that might be the only time that um, this happens. Cause I read somewhere that supposedly pandemics happen every couple hundred years or whatever the fuck. So we might not even be around for the next era of driving raves, but right. Right. If, if, if it's here to stay and that's how we're going to have to listen to music for now, then, and so be it. Yeah. I feel you. And I, I want to touch on um, your boyfriend's group as well. I was going to ask you too. I did an episode talking about um, like rave bays and being in a relationship where your partner is also kind of like in the EDM community. Oh so what's the best part about having a partner who's also obsessed with EDM? <laughs> It is just so, I'm like kind of speechless. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's just so synergistic. And before he even um, started Scudda, he was actually creating trance. So when I first met him, he was oh, wow. creating trance. Um, no, no, no. I like, he was making dubstep and then he switched to trance. And then we went to the first Lost Lands and he started making dubstep again. <laughs> but it just works out so well because we go to a lot of festivals and shows together. And mm-hmm. I remember... Um, for a while we were long distance and whenever I would go to a festival I'd be like oh I wish he was here like um you know there's always that part of you when you're with someone mm-hmm. you're long distance and you're somewhere else where you're like oh, I wish they were here like I know they'd really enjoy this so then when we finally moved in together it was just this crazy um like EDM EDM uh love fest I guess and yeah when we go to a show it's just so great because um, I know that he enjoys it as much as I do. And I have my rave baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been really nice. It's really nice when you're with someone who listens to the same exact genre of music yeah. as you do, not just like EDM, but the same exact one, exact <laughs> artist you do. Cause then it's like, you guys don't have any conflicts with who you want to see or anything like that. But, um, even if your partner doesn't listen to it, that's fine. Even if it's just EDM in general, but it's been really great. And it's, um, it's just so nice to put on some music and you both like it. 
No, that's so exciting. I'm excited. And congrats on moving in together. That's awesome as well. <laughs> I think girl. it's, it's, it's really cool. I think it's awesome to see the couples like come together that can enjoy all of this stuff together. And I'm curious at home, do you got, do you dabble and play anything at all? Like, are you interested in learning how to DJ or is that like not your thing? <laughs> oh my God. No, I actually made a joke. Um, and he got really angry. I was like, you're going to be my ghost producer. I'm going to start, uh, <laughs> like start my own like I'll have I'll be <laughs> like another yeah, yeah yeah I was like I'll do that but um no oh god no because learning um well I used to play um like piano and guitar when I was really young okay. and learning music is just a whole another language yeah and I remember asking him about um like producing a couple years ago and at first I was interested and then I realized hell no, because you have to learn so much stuff with producing and learning like different softwares and um, just having the time. And I see how dedicated he is. Mm -hmm. um, the way I spend my time with podcasts is how he spends his time with music. And right. it's just a, a lot of work, a lot of learning. And I feel like I'm more passionate about the podcast compared to producing. And if and I just don't want to produce. That's not something that I'm not interested in. And I'd rather um, spend my time um, connecting with people through this medium rather mm -hmm. than, than that. But it's a fun idea, yep. but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah, I think you have your hands full enough because it's like enough in itself to like work on content, produce content, do a podcast, like upload it everywhere. Like it's a whole process. So I totally feel you there. I just know so many people this year, like pick, I don't know. I know a bunch of friends who like picked it up this year and are like not producing, but just playing shows at home, like for themselves or like a couple friends. <laughs> no. And I'm so for that. If you can go that route and you want to learn and dabble, mm -hmm. go for it. I think that's so awesome. But even um, like the gear, it's, it's like, it's not cheap. So no, yeah. it's just not something that I want to invest in. I'd rather invest in, um, like a set of really good earphones or a new computer or a new video camera or, or whatever the hell, just because it's just, um, like we talked earlier, like my passion is just more with, uh, I just have more passion for the podcast than, and that I love the yeah. music, but not making it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. So let's like dive into the podcast too, because I have a whole bunch of questions, but I'm curious, first and foremost, obviously candy culture is a huge thing in the EDM community, but what, what made you want to start your podcast and what made you want to start it? Like a kind of like about candy a little bit, like why, why did that come to you? That idea? Well, to be honest, I was like, you know, I, Okay. So I, I do watch a lot of podcasts and a lot of them tend to be free form. Um, for example, uh, Joe Rogan, you don't know where the hell the mm -hmm. conversation is going to go with whatever guests that he has. And I wanted mine to be free form, but I wanted it to still be related to raving, but I also wanted, mm -hmm. it, I wanted it to have a little bit of structure. So, right. um, I was like, you know what, what are like, what's one thing that I love about raving and I realized it's the candy and I mm -hmm. absolutely love creating it making it um uh for my close friends a lot of them know that I have made them like little special candies and I make like these themed candies whenever I go to a festival um for example like escape I made a whole bunch that had little scary sayings on them like witchy or scary That's af awesome. or just like <laughs> dorky stuff like that and I um I don't just um, 
use whatever candies like I'll go to Hobby Lobby and I'll buy all these like really cute little charms and I'll try to make it like match mm. the pattern and all that but anyways um, besides the actual candy it's just the whole like concept of candy and how you just the meaning behind it I think is mm -hmm. so great and whenever I explain raving to people I always tell them about plur I always show them the the handshake the peace love unity respect and whenever um, yep. it's usually like at work or wherever the hell where I'm explaining it to them I have a hair tie and I'm like and then you transfer the candy <laughs> and like they had the same reaction that I have like when I first discovered it which was like what because then you see that it's like <laughs> it's like a transfer of love and I absolutely mm -hmm. love that and it's just so great to to see a culture that has that that's about promoting positivity unity harmony getting um, getting along with people from all different sorts of um, like walks through life and I was mm -hmm. like you know I want to create something that's positive especially during times like now so I think that's what really started um uh, best candy ever and it's funny because I actually wanted to call it worst candy ever and just roast a whole bunch of people's <laughs> candies so I did that in like a couple of episodes where I roast That's amazing <laughs> but it was like all out of a place of love of course and yeah um, uh, soon after I realized best candy ever was uh, definitely a better uh, route to take and mm -hmm. uh, it's just been great and a lot of people have been really receptive to it and have loved it and uh I was just so glad that other people liked it as much as I did. So that that's kind of how Best Candy ever started. No, I love that. It warms my heart so much because I'm like so similar to you. I just think there's just certain things that make like rave culture what it is and the candy aspect of it. I completely agree with you. Like it completely blew my mind the first time I got like candy traded to me. And I think everyone kind of remembers their first time, but there is just something about it that like we want to hold on to so dearly to like keep carrying it on so that that aspect of it doesn't get lost on like newer generations of ravers because it is something like so unique and special but can you um chat a little bit about your first candy trade oh <laughs> man you remember so <laughs> I don't remember my well god that was so it was like nine years ago but yeah I, I would say that some of the most memorable ones um, I actually showcased it in like episode two or three of my podcast, but it was this, I was at escape with my friend, Timmy, and uh, we were like in such a shitty mood because we arrived like three hours late and it was already mm -hmm. nine o'clock when we got to the venue. And I remember seeing this guy there with this super cool cuff and it had the, that power star from super Mario, you know, that star that yep. makes you like invincible. So anyways, he had that on there. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, like, that's so cool. Um, like, did you make that? And he was like, yeah, I did. And I was like, oh, okay, that's so cool. I'll see you later. And he was like, no, 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 wait. And he like traded me it. And I was like, wait, wow. no, no. I was like, I don't have, like, like, I don't have, like, I only have these. Like, they, like, no, 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 you don't have to. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have anything great to give you. And he was like, well, this is why I made it. And mm. I like lost it. I was just like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. Like you didn't have to, but <laughs> I, I feel like that that's a great thing about candy is that it's a gift. And even mm -hmm. though you or whoever may have spent so much time creating this uh, beautiful, intricate cuff, 
people still want to give it away and expect nothing in return just because Mm -hmm. it's from the goodness of their heart and they just right vibe with you and I think it's just so awesome that um we have something like that in the rave scene yep yep and I think that that's what was one of my most sorry you're good like talking so much (laughs) that's one of my most memorable um candy trades ever just because it's it was just out of a place of love and nothing was expected in return. Mm -hmm. And that's how I am with, when I give gifts, I don't expect anything, even with candy. I've had that same reaction where they're like, no, no, no. Like you don't have to, I don't have anything. And I'm like, no, I I know that's how I want to give you. And like, this is for you. I think you're, you're so great. I love your vibe. It was so fun dancing with you at this set or, Mm -hmm. um, thanks for a stick of gum, whatever. And it's just, it, it it makes everyone happy. It, it, um, as Marie Kondo says, it sparks joy. And I think that's so important. And I just, absolutely love it. I, um, sorry, it's so corny and I'm like 30 years old. No, I love this. (laughs) No, I think this will put like so so many people in such a good mood. Cause I completely agree. I think there's like two parts, but one, there's totally the part where like, you're coming prepared. Like if you know, however long you've been doing this, you're wearing your candy or your pearl is that yes, like it takes a long time to make, but there is, you make them to give away at those like exact moments that, you know, it was like the right person to give them to, And you just like, you're like, yep, this was the one, this was the person I wanted to like trade this specific thing with. So I just like live for those moments. And then on the flip side to me, like there's so many candy trades that have given me chills, like the ones that kind of seem random, but also like you're on the receiving end of something special. And like, you may notice it in the moment or later when you're like leaving a festival or show, you'll look down at your wrist and like read them and you're like, oh my God, I had no idea I got this candy. And it just, it just gives you chills. I like wrote down a couple examples. Cause I was like, I have to share the, these with you. But I remember we were at an Eric Prid set and like Eric Prid is like my group's favorite. And we were going fucking ham at like circuit grounds. And this guy came over and traded us all candy. We didn't really look at it. And then later they all were Eric Prid's songs and like little perlers and we were like oh my god that was amazing and I I still have those to this day and even like meeting people after this is all over right like people are going to listen to your podcast like you're probably going to have meetups in person or like and meet all these people and I remember I met um, a subscriber at circuit grounds and he traded me a candy and he was like, Emma, I love your videos, blah, blah, blah. And I looked and it said Emma's wolf pack. And it was a little wolf perler. And I like wanted to cry. It was like the cutest thing ever. Oh my God. Is that, is that what your, um, your like subscribers? Not even, I just was so cute, (laughs) but like, it's those moments. Like I was just like this person and this is with any candy made this showed up to EDC, which has like over a hundred thousand people here. And just by chance, I bumped into him in the crowd and he was able to give that to me. Like that just blows my fucking mind. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like out of all the people, like he ran into the person that he made that candy for like unexpected. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm assuming that there was, this was not planned. Like it's just so insane because it's, it was just, it, it happened by luck and it, it just, it was meant to be, it's like the universe that in store for you that night. Yeah, no, I, I just like, I love those little moments like that. And like just perlers in general, like a whole nother level. Like I didn't get into perlers probably until like two years ago. Cause like perlers always intimidated me. Just one, just like, I thought they looked so cool and they look like they took so long. And I don't know, to me, I was like, oh, that's like the next level raver, which I'm not at yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> it took me a Dude, while to I get cried. there. <laughs> yeah, it is so, 
intricate and it not to say that it's like super hard but I think that the people that are really good at it they're just they just have it like burned into their mind like the designs Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't even go off the patterns that you can like google I think that those people are super artistic and they just know where to put like the lighter shades and the darker shades to create that like (laughs) 3d effect and it I was like wow I'm nowhere near as great as these people and it I think it's their own craft like I was like you know what I'm not gonna but true or even touch it. I'm just going to stick to these singles that I create because mm-hmm. they just are so amazing. And I think that they're honestly, I think they're artists, like people that make perlers, cuffs or yeah. like really intricate candies. I think that they're just so talented. I, I completely agree with you. It's like the elite status of ravers to me, but I have to ask you, cause I'm, I'm working on this now. How do you organize your candy and perlers at home? Well, Oh, like, um, like when you have everything are like ready. Yeah. <laughs> So I have, um, I have like this long ass, it's like this weird leather string thing, but it's like super long and it has like these snap buttons. So I have all of these candies that are my never giveaway candies that are like super special. So there's like a bunch of cuffs. There's like, I have like some candies that were, um, in some of the EDC, uh, ticket boxes one year, they sent out like, a couple and I have those on there. So mm-hmm. I have it all organized there. But in terms of like other candy, I just have like random pieces kind of laying around the house, like here on the wall and some random yeah. in the room. But I've been kind of bad with um, organizing them. But I I just put them on a this little string so I never lose them because I'm so scared if I put them in a bag, they'll like get crushed and the perlers will like become all morphy or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't have like yeah. an organized way to... Uh, to store them, display them or anything certain way. No, I want, I want to, I, that's how I feel about the pearlers. I I like used to like come back from shows and just hang them on the side of my bed. So I could at least like see them sometimes. But now that we moved, I'm like, I really want to hang in like my office here, like hang the pearlers so I could actually see them. And then the candy right now is just in Ziploc bags, but I want to organize my like pearlers and the beads and maybe get like some drawers or something. But I remember seeing Sunflower Raver did a TikTok a while back with how she organized them. I was like, God damn it. (laughs) No, I I wish I had the space. I I think that's such a great idea. Or even like little, there's so many cute little jewelry jewelry holders now that I think you could Mm -hmm. like use or DIY something. I don't know. I kind of want to make a collage too. But the thing is receiving candy is like never ending. So I feel like you're constantly having to modify or... (laughs) or hang them a certain way or whatever, but I, I think we'll figure it out eventually. So true. I know I'm going to try and do like a YouTube video, just like documenting how I decide to like organize not only that, but like the rave clothes as well. Cause the rave clothes are just in a bin and it's a whole hot mess. <laughs> Dude, it's so hard. It's so hard to organize it, especially if you don't use it a lot. That's why I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I want to like give away, um, some of these rave clothes. And, um, I mean, I don't know how people feel about that. Like I wash all of it. I don't know how they feel about yeah, like exactly. secondhand rave clothes, but I don't think a lot of people care, but I want to do something like that. But I started like this rave closet Instagram and it was just so mm-hmm. hard. Um, it doesn't exist anymore, but it, I don't know, rave clothes just pile up. If you go to so many different events and shows, Yep. I don't know how you can organize it really. And no, it's a lot. I, yeah, I totally feel the same as you. It's like, especially I try and like rewear things here and there, like I'll like restyle them and kind of like space it out, especially like for shows versus festivals. But 
now that we like have a space, I really do want to put like, okay, let's put our accessories in this bin and not in a plastic spirit Halloween bag and like put my bottoms here. And like, I hung up my bodysuits and kimono. So I'm like trying to organize stuff like that. But I literally in quarantine have probably bought more rave clothes than I have real clothes, which is ridiculous. <laughs> hey, but but if you think about it, it's not going to waste because you're you're going to use it in the future. Exactly. This is true. This is true. I did want to ask you about your worst candy experience. Like, can you <laughs> share some of the ones that you would have shared? Yeah, I think. Okay. So <laughs> I've, I've mentioned this in the podcast, but I, I absolutely just love the story behind it. Um, I, God, I can't remember everything about it, but it was something along the lines of, I met some cool raver at a show. And I remember that I was like vibing with, um, with him or her. And I just remember that I created some beautiful candy with like those really pretty, like iridescent beads and these cool little charms. And I just remember mm. trading that person and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give you a really special one because we were just vibing at a set and everything was so great. And in return, after the trade, they ended up giving me this all green candy, just solid all oh, yeah. green candy beads. And I just remember getting <laughs> a little like, not pissed, but a little like, are you Thanks. kidding me? Yeah, I gave you <laughs> yeah, this yeah, like yeah. super beautiful, like, <laughs> like intricate candy that I made. And this is this green candy. But um, it's funny, I roasted that candy on the podcast and I was like, you know, maybe this person was at a candy party and was super fucked up and had like all the creative juices just run out and they were just <laughs> stringing green beads together or they just hate words and didn't want to put even a word on it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. or whatever the hell. And it's funny because I've had that green candy for so long and I've even thought about deconstructing so it, like funny. cutting it up and using it for future candies, but I can't get myself to do it. So I still have it and I wear it on occasion. And uh, I just, looking back, I think it's so hilarious. That's amazing. No, I totally feel it. That's like braver problems. I there's just something, okay, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I feel like the situations, cause like, yes, there's kind of etiquette to it, but at the same time, like, I don't think there always has to be like somebody who has candy giving it to somebody who has candy. Like there's so many instances where you can give it to someone who doesn't, but the ones that like drive me crazy. I remember it happened at EDC Orlando last year. And I just was like, so surprised by it. Like I was passing through a crowd and this like group of guys was passing by. One of the guys just like stopped and turned towards me. And he was like, Hey, can I have a candy? And I just like, didn't think about it. I was like, sure. And I just gave him one. He was like, thanks. And just ran off. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> was this person like not sober? I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like late at night or anything. It was like in the afternoon, but I felt like duped. I was like, Emma, what the fuck? That's not how this goes. I don't know. I didn't like that exchange very much. Hey, but that <laughs> just goes to show how great of a raver you are, that you're so kind to just be like, all right. But like, there's no, uh, I was caught know. off guard. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I, I feel like it's okay to give, I mean, Hey, if they want it, if they want it, I feel like it would be like kind of unplur. I mean, not that you have to give it away because it's yours, obviously, but mm -hmm. you would have said no. It would have been so weird. And I know it's weird. It's hard, yeah. but that, that's happened before. Cause I remember at EC Las Vegas, something similar happened with a girl who like just came up and was like, can I have a candy? And I kind of was like, sure. And showed them the hand. And I think they were like, I don't really have one. I just like want one. And I was like, okay. And again, just felt like, 
okay, that's not really how this goes, but sure. I'll just give you a candy. <laughs> Cause you, if, especially if you don't have a lot on, you're like, I don't want to just give these away. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember feeling kind of bad. Cause I remember this, um, person like traded me one and I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't trade any of these yeah. because these were all given to me. Like, I'm so sorry. And they were like, no, no, it's cool. And looking back, I was like, oh my gosh, Renee, that was so selfish. You should have like had just given that person one, <laughs> but, but it's like the thought like behind it. And I feel like it's almost um, like a gift because you wouldn't give away a gift that someone gave you for like your birthday, you know, right. I don't know. It, it It's so weird. It is. I know there's tricky ones, but there's still like, there's just so many good moments. And there is something really nice about like giving somebody either their first candy or if they're not wearing any, like I, I kind of like those moments as well. Cause I, I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but I saw somebody sitting on the ground once at circuit grounds at EDC. And like, I don't know if he just like, wasn't feeling good or maybe he was under the influence and was like, needed a moment to like regroup and his head was like down. And I like went over to him and I was like, hi, and like put my fingers up and traded him. And he just like, had the biggest smile and like lit up and traded. And that just like made me so happy. I was like, this is the moments you got, you need to give it to people who look like they're like having a rough time and just like brighten up their day. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes they're the ones who need it most because you don't know if they just Mm -hmm. got lost from like, if they drifted apart from their, uh, their rave fam, or if they're lost or they lost their phone, or if they just got into a fight with their girlfriend, or if they just lost like something really important or whatever the hell. And Mm -hmm. that one thing can just brighten their day and, uh, make everything. Okay. Make them realize, oh yeah, this is why I'm here. I'm not here because of all these bad things that happened I'm here because of the music because of the culture and it's just it's like a nice pick-me-up yeah and I I think a lot of people really do appreciate that and see it for you know what it's worth for sure I can't wait oh this is like making me (laughs) like homesick I'm like I can't wait to trade candy with people again (laughs) yeah that's what I love about it because talking about it makes you really for me it makes me really nostalgic but then it also makes me Mm. appreciate festivals and raving and makes me remember why we even do this because I feel like a lot of people do it to to party and get lit which is fine Mm -hmm. you can do whatever you want but in the end like there's so much more to that and that's what I really wanted to show people that it's not just a whole bunch of us sitting in a circle listening to house music doing drugs it's like yep there's just so much passion and human kindness behind it. And I think that's what people really need to see to really understand uh, what raving and plur is all about. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree with you. And looking forward to the future, just a couple more questions. I know we're coming up (laughs) on an hour here, but as far as the podcast goes, awesome. As far as the podcast goes, what do you see as like the future? What are you excited about most just looking forward? I would say... I would say having way more guests, I've been kind of lagging it, but I have um, so many people that I want on, but also just hearing um, about everybody's stories. And I just really want this to, to, to become this giant, like uh, medium where people can connect and talk. I think that's what a lot of people are missing now, especially with, um, you know, stay at home orders or um, trying not to see their uh, like loved ones or grandparents, a lot of people are alone. And I think that Mm -hmm. this is something that people can really have fun with. And I hope that it can, um, like in the end, I just want it to make people happy and make, and just cheer someone up. Cause I know that 
that now is not the most happiest time. But even if this doesn't get that big, that's fine. Because in the end, I just want it to be a place for ravers and non-ravers that are just dabbling with EDM to, mm-hmm. to find love and connect and see what this world is all about rather than just watching some festival trailer. I feel like there's just right. no way you can get all of that um, with, you know, a two, three minute video. But mm-hmm. I just really want this to be somewhere we can just all be happy and not have to worry about what other people think, not have to worry about, um, you know, like getting canceled. I think that this, mm-hmm. there has to be like another side to the story. I think that's just so important. And right you know, with, with drama, whatever the hell, I feel like there's always two sides. And I feel like if you listen, take time to listen to what both people have to say, you'll get new perspectives and it's not mm-hmm. always that black and white. And, um, with candy, I know that that's not exactly what the podcast is about, but I just want it to be a place where we can talk and have fun mm-hmm. and be real. No. Yeah. And I'm snaps to that. I, it's so exciting to see like creators in this space, like doing their thing. And to your point, like there are endless amounts of stories and that's like the best part about this community. Like everybody has their story. And especially like when we all have shared interests, it's just like so much fun connecting with other people. So I'm excited to see episodes coming out and projecting into 2021. Let's say, you know, hopefully fingers crossed festivals come back. What is still on your bucket list? What festivals have you not done yet that you would like to do? You know what? I would absolutely love to do Base Canyon before. Mm. I was so against it. And um, another one too is Burning Man. And one of the reasons I want to go to these festivals now is because before I was so anti-camping. I was like, that's so gross. I can't camp. Like I need running water. (laughs) I like privacy. I need air conditioning. And like after taking the time to realize like how how much I love nature, like discovering my love for it, realizing that camping can be made, uh, what is it, tolerable for me. Like I know that I can, you know, do whatever steps I need to take to be comfortable, but also it's just like, like having something taken away from you that you never even got to experience. Like how unfair is that? And Mm -hmm. so I was like, you know what, like, why wouldn't I want to go to base Canyon? The venue looks beautiful. The music is what I listen to. And then with Burning Man, um, I've been listening to a lot of um, this comedian, his name is Duncan Trussell. And he's like this big advocate for Burning Man and just hearing about all his different stories and the different types of um, art installations that they have there, how the people Mm -hmm. are. The vibe sounds so similar to Electric Forest, which is one of my most favorite festivals in the world. And I was like, you know what? This sounds like, like a bigger bigger version of that and that's something that I would love to be a part of and um, I even uh, met a patient who told me he went to Burning Man and the thing is you don't even know who is on the lineup it's like all word of mouth and I was like you know what this is something that I want to experience I think that this giant um, uh, massive festival that everyone kind of looks down upon um, I think would actually be really fun and I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people that have actually gone and said good things so I would say that those two are definitely some of the festivals that I want to go to in 2021 if they happen I hope so I mean figures yeah base canyon I've heard really good things about I know like the one thing people say is it's like I think it's one stage so it's not like you know a big festival but still like yeah like gorge absolutely need to like go to that venue at some point but burning man is like Burning Man is extremely interesting to me because it's like literally a city. It's a temporary city, they call it. And like, there's just something about it that I really 
appreciate because it's its own culture in itself. And to your point, like people build it, like everything there is built and you just ride around and find things as you go. And like, you don't really know what's going to happen when you kind of just explore while you're there. And it's one of those things that like, it's intimidating. I've talked about this before. I think it's very intimidating for some reason. Cause I feel like you should maybe go with somebody who's experienced it before. Cause obviously That's like what I heard weather, too, burners. Yeah. You just don't know, like you're up against like a lot of elements and things like that, but I don't know. It's something I like thought literally never would happen. And then as I've like researched it and like watched videos on it, I'm like, honestly, like this is something I might do when I'm in like my thirties or like even older than that. Cause I, I would just, that would be such a good escape <laughs> for <Yes>. the week. <laughs> No, 100%. And I actually listened to this, um, this, uh, uh, podcast that's all about burning man. I forget the exact name of it, but Mm. it's great because a lot of burners, they actually do a lot of great things for, um, their communities. And, uh, like this one episode, they were talking about how, um, burners from different cities, they were like all getting together and trying to like rally up medical supplies for healthcare workers. Or they were making, um, like a whole bunch of masks and sending them out to, um, different places that needed it. And I was just like, oh my God, like, I know it's not all EDM, but this definitely, um, it's definitely what plur is. And even though it's not like all electronic music, I was like, this is something that I would really like to be a part of because I, I feel that energy. I like, I feel like these people kind of get it. And I, I feel like I, um, I feel like I almost belong there, even though I've never been there, but um, it's something that I want to um, experience. And I think a lot of the people that do go there have those same values. So I think it's just a whole nother level of like spirituality. Um, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just want to go. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely would be one of those like life-changing experiences. Everybody I've met who's done it says the exact same thing. They're like, you'll literally never be the same after you come back from that. And to your point, it's, it seems like a very spiritual just like overall vibe of everything. But yeah, I would, I would love to see it. If you go, you would have to tell me how that is (laughs) cause I want to do it in the future. It's just going to take time. But that, that was pretty much everything I had before I let you go. I want to ask, um, I ask all of my guests, what are you most excited about right now? Like what gets you out of bed in the morning? I would say besides the podcast, I think that just, well, besides the podcast, the music and plur, I think that one of the things that gets me up in the morning is just knowing that things will get better. Um, I feel like I'm generally a positive person and it's been really hard to stay positive, but in the end, I know that this isn't going to last forever, that this is temporary, that eventually this will be eradicated, that we'll be able to go out, go to festivals again, see your loved ones again, be able to hug each other without any worry again. And mm-hmm. I think that's what really pushes me to go to work, to create content, to, to, to still keep on going. And I think that's what a lot of people aren't realizing in the grand scheme of things is that this mm-hmm. isn't forever. This is temporary. And that's why, um, you know, so many people, they end up spiraling down this hole down in thought loops, but you need to have something to remind you that this isn't forever and we're making mm-hmm. a little bit of progress, even if you don't agree with it, you know, um, vaccines are being created and you know what, like, I know there's a lot, a lot of controversy around that, mm-hmm. but it's so much more progress compared to where we were in March. So, right. you know, keep on going, keep your head up. 
don't give up and just know that this isn't forever and that we can all push through this and everyone is doing everything that they can to keep it together and um, just, just keep looking up. Thank you for that. I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that will help a lot of people through this because we're very similar. I feel like we're pretty driven people. And like, we have a lot of things that like, I mentioned this in the episode that's going up this week. I said a lot of the times, like the people who are struggling the most are people who struggle with like what their purpose is. And like, for me, like my purpose every day is like what drives me and same for you. Like you wake up and you have like your purpose and like your goals that you're trying to achieve. And for some people, if they feel like right now they don't have that purpose, it's kind of like, what's the point or like what's going on. But and right now is like a really good time to kind of just like figure that shit out for yourself and kind of like try new things and find the little happy moments in every single day, whether it's listening to a podcast or interacting with people online and like finding your community. I think all of those things matter. So I appreciate you saying that. And before I let you go, plug where everybody can find you and connect with you. Absolutely. So uh, Base Drop Princess on Instagram uh, for the podcast, it's best candy ever on Instagram at Best Kenny Ever on Twitter. Also, I am on TikTok, rarely, uh, Base Drop Princess. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, uh, check it out and let's um, have fun and decompress. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. Alrighty, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Renee. I was not surprised at all that we got along so well. It was She was so pleasant and so lovely to chat with and we had so much in common. So it was really, really cool to finally meet her and get to know more about her raving story and all of the music that she loves. I'm sure my dubstep and rhythm listeners will be very excited about that. And yeah, I love candy. I think, like I said, it's such a huge part of rave culture and something that's really unique to this community. So it is fun just to share those stories and talk about experiences that we've had Um, And we did a fun bonus interview as well. So definitely head over to the YouTube channel that will be up tomorrow. I always put the bonus clips up on Thursday nights so you can get to know her even better through those questions. But I'm going to hop into EDM news now and we don't have too much uh, this week. But first off, I'm going to start off with the industry news. So I think everybody knows at this point it's been all over social media, but Spotify unwrapped or Spotify unwrapped. Why do I keep calling that? Spotify wrapped 2020 is out and I love this every single year. I think it's so freaking cool. It's the best user experience, how they break everything down for you. And just to see like what your top songs were and your top artists, some were surprising, some were not. But um, just a reminder that just because an artist has a ton of streams, does not that does not equal uh, financial success. In a lot of these cases, they're not paid that much off of Spotify. So please continue to support your favorite artists. That's a lot of what I touched on last week. But um, yeah, it was really, really fun. I, who are my top, my top artists of the year? I'm doing a whole video on this too on my YouTube channel where I'm like unpacking my whole Spotify rap. So definitely check that out on my YouTube channel. But my top artist of the year was Above and Beyond and Seven Lions was second. And my top song was Doja Cat Say So, but the Midnight Snack Remix by Jax Jones, I think it was called what was my second and baby boy by volick was my second one very interesting I, I have no idea but i did listen to those a lot um so yeah definitely go check out your spotify wrapped if you haven't done that already okay so in other news i really quickly want to touch on uh a split of a dj duo that's been together for about 20 years i think it's chu and Chibios. Chibios? sorry guys i just butchered that my spanish is not great 
But um, yeah, they've been a DJ duo for 20 years and they posted in a message, new beginnings. Um, DJ Chus said that after 20 years of being together, I am closing this chapter on my career. And as all of you know, eventually all good things must come to an end. I want to preserve what these 20 years of our success have been and let it last eternally in our memories. He also continued to say that he has a new concept coming out that he will be unveiling soon alongside an inspiring group of talent. With this new project that I've decided to dive into, I can genuinely say that I have once again once again found the musical spark that I needed to continue on the, the next chapter of my life. So wishing them all the best. It's obviously never a good feeling when you see artists split up who have been together, especially for that long, but you also want them to feel like they can let their creativity shine and they can be excited about making music again. And if they weren't having that before and now he does, then wishing them all of the best in the world. But just wanted to share that news with you guys. Um, we also got news that Subtronics is launching a new bass label, Cyclops Recordings. Not surprised by that name at all. And yeah, I mean, he's obviously been popping off the last few years and is a leader in his genre. So it's going to be pretty cool to see who he signs to his label. According to this article on EDM Identity, it says Cyclops Recording will be a platform for the forward thinkers in the base mu- in bass music, which makes sense coming from a huge game changer like Subtronics. The Philly-born producer has never been afraid to push the envelope and blow our minds with mind-melting bass and innovative beats. You know, the weird and wonky stuff, in parentheses, us headbangers drool over. So it's going to be cool. I'm curious to see who he signs and what will be out. He has a post about it on social media um he i think this is another compilation he's coming out with but it says cyclops recordings presents boot camp a three-part compilation dropping 12 11 so that will be out this friday yeah this friday so definitely check back if you guys are a subtronics fan to see what that's all about um okay is that the last i think that's the last news oh this is kind of it's not really festival news so i'll put this in industry news but if all of you guys haven't seen already insomniac events continues to innovate and surprise us with all the amazing live event experiences that they produce. And this is a brand new one, brand new, never before seen. I can't talk today, guys. It's a lo- It's been a long day. They are producing, starting this January 2021, a new live experience called Electric Mile, which I feel like this couldn't be better timing. Tickets are now on sale, but it is a stunning audio-visual drive-through experience that, for the entire family to enjoy in Santa Anita Park. Tickets start at $69.99 per car. You can have up to eight people per vehicle. And then you drive through a magical and musical road through seven amazing worlds, 500 plus art installations powered by over 5 million lights and more. So cool. There's a page you can follow. I mean, honestly, I think that's the coolest thing ever. Pasquale himself announced that he's, this has like been a huge passion project for him because He obviously has young kids and he wanted to have an experience that could be more catered more towards families. And like right around the holidays, light shows are very popular or you can like drive by and see Christmas decorations and things like that. So I kind of think this is like the perfect combination of both worlds because it's such a fun thing around holiday, like around the holidays. And it's perfect if like families can enjoy it and it's safe with everything happening with COVID. And I'm sure the music is going to be amazing. If I lived in California, I would be there. No questions asked. I'm so upset that the East Coast has been slacking with all these events. It's going to be amazing. But if any of you go, you have to let us know what the experience is like. And I hope some people vlog it or get some video of it because I'm sure it's going to be absolutely incredible. The rest of us will just have to go look at 
normal Christmas lights that aren't rave related. Um, okay. And then in show and festival news, we uh, found out that Joyride is actually going to be headlining two park and rave shows. They are hard summer themed Friday, January 8th and Saturday the 9th. And there will be special guests that haven't been announced yet. So I believe passes are now on sale for those shows. And that's at the Nas Center. Yes. Um, okay. And last up, this one I want to save for last because I feel like we can talk about this for a second. So we got word about Buku, which is a festival, but it's like an arts and music festival. So they made an announcement about their 2021 event that I think is very telling. And I'm very curious to see if other music festivals and live events follow suit because this was kind of like a solution, I guess you could say, to festivals that I did not even consider yet. So anyway, let me just read it. They put out a post about their 2021 status update. They said, Buku fam, we miss you like hell. 2020 has been a wild ride and we hope y'all are hanging in there. So here's the deal. Things are still too crazy with COVID to continue planning for a March Buku, which is when it normally takes place. Cases are up. Restrictions on large gatherings are still tight. And even though there is some promising vaccine news for later in 2021, widespread availability by March seems unlikely. Our two main priorities, fan safety and fan enjoyment, are guiding us, and we just can't picture 25K of us partying together safely in March in the free-roaming Buku atmosphere that y'all love. Ain't nothing socially distant about Buku. So in the spirit of transparency and certainty, we're making the tough call now. March 2021, that is so hard to say for some reason, March 2021 is out, and the big Buku will return in March 2022 for the blowout 10-year anniversary which is really exciting but there's no way we can wait that long to throw a party so October 22nd and 23rd 2021 will bring you Buku Planet B an immersive one-time only alternative take on Buku stay tuned for more info in the new year and throughout the spring we're so excited to step out of our comfort zone and get creative with you. For those diehards who've rolled their tickets over from 2020, check your email for info on refunds or roll them over to October 2021 or March 2022. That's a mouthful. It's weird times right now, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Let's keep our heads up, our masks on, and keep encouraging each other to be as dope as possible. So I'm still a little confused if Planet B is a live event or a live stream. I feel like I've heard both. Because I'm not sure if it's going to be, um, I've, I feel like I heard that it could be either a small scale live event or a live stream. Let me see in the comments if anybody said anything. I'm not sure yet, but okay. So the main thing I wanted to talk about was one, I'm not surprised that events are going to start pulling out of spring because I, there's no way in hell Ultra is happening in March. They were the first ones to cancel last time. Coachella, I don't think is going to happen in April. And I think EDC Las Vegas is going to be cutting it real close but I have high hopes for EDC so we'll see so I'm not surprised that other festivals might follow suit but I think some of them will probably just push their full-scale events to fall which is what we saw in 2020 I think that's one option however I do I kind of commend them for just saying hey you know these are this is such a big event this is so much to plan so what we're going to do is just take the safer route and say it's coming back full-fledged exactly what you would experience before covid 
like full Buku event in March 2022. However, I love the idea that they could potentially be doing a smaller scale or a live stream, whatever it's going to be, event in October because hopefully, fingers crossed, vaccination will be out and people will start being immune or whatever the case is by fall. So I thought that was a really interesting solution. I didn't consider events doing that. Um, So yeah, I think this is just the beginning. Unfortunately, I hate to say that, but I'm sure some other festivals uh, that that were supposed to take place in early 2021 are probably going to follow suit with that. So those were everything I had. Those were all the stories for EDM News. I will really quickly now get into my songs of the week. So for those of you who don't know, every Friday I put out a playlist called New Music Friday on my Spotify. It is my top picks curated for you every week, the newest releases in EDM. So definitely go give that a follow. Um, And then also, if you guys are a part of the Facebook group, I have started posting links for these songs in the Facebook group. So you guys can just click on them and listen after I recommend them. So I have three picks this week. Um, Some really good releases came out this last Friday. I was very happy. Um, Number one was a newcomer to me. It might not be a newcomer to you, but the artist Dimension is a UK-based artist. His song Offender wowed me so much. He is now officially on my radar. I'm going to be watching closely. This, okay, Offender by Dimension is like crazy, high-energy, fast, aggressive, side-trance drops. And then it gets into like drum and bass kind of feel. It was such an interesting combination. I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. So if you want like loud, in your face, really like intense side trance drops, but then like really keep up the fast pace with drum and bass kind of vibes, check out Offender by Dimension. It was so, so good. The other two that I really loved, Dreams, um, the new single from David Guetta and Morton was awesome. David Guetta has been putting out some really good singles this year I actually really have liked what he's done and I think this is the second time he's worked with Morton if not more than one but I loved their other single that they put out earlier in the year and this one Dreams is a cover of Fleetwood Mac's song and they're calling it in parentheses a future rave hit which I don't really know what future rave is but if this is what it sounds like then I'm really into it um but it's just a really cool dancey fun I don't know, like future rave kind of sounding version of Fleetwood Mac song. So it's fucking awesome. So listen to Dreams by David Guetta and Morton. And then lastly, for all my bass house fans, the two beautiful French DJs, Mala and Habstract came together and they came out with Riot Gear. And it's exactly what you would expect. Once I saw their names together, I was like, this is going to be fucking pure fire. And it is. So Riot Gear, heavy bass line, incredible drop. It's like stank face central great bass house vibes um that's like a total club banger really really fun like party song for the weekend so yeah those are my three song of the week recommendations and with that you guys we are here at the end of the episode thank you all so much for sticking around i hope you guys enjoyed the conversation today with renee aka at bass drop princess if you guys are enjoying these episodes Um, Some of the ways you can support this podcast are rate and review on iTunes. If you guys haven't done that already, throw a couple stars, write an honest review. Um, You guys can also share this to your Instagram stories and tag at RaveCultureCast. That is huge. So thank you guys so much for spreading the word and telling your friends and Rave fam and all of that about it. Um, And of course, check us out on YouTube and please feel free to join our Facebook group community. We're almost at 500 members, which is freaking insane. I think we're at 495 right now, but to say the conversations and like friendships forming in there 
are amazing is like an understatement because seriously, even with like last week's episode about mental health, like people are so vulnerable and they share so much in there and it's such a supportive community of people. And I cannot wait for us to have meetups in the future at festivals. So if you guys are not already a part of it, definitely join the Rave Culture Cast Facebook group. Uh, We would love to welcome you into the family. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Go show Renee some love and support and give her a follow and check out her podcast, Best Candy Ever. And yeah, with that being said, get excited for next week. I have a very, very exciting interview with a female dubstep producer who is absolutely amazing and I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. So stay tuned next Wednesday and yeah, I will see you guys soon. Have a good week. Bye guys.